0: And now it's time for DNP Presents Dirty Nerdy Podcast. With your hosts, Brian and Matthew. Three, two, one. Dirty Nerdy Podcast. And we're
1: live. Just like that.
0: And that's Brian And that's Matt (laughs) Yep
1: Uh, (laughs) All day, a day
0: (laughs) I was uh, It's supposed to be We were were gonna have a guest today Go on Unfortunately They um, Had to uh, Reschedule So hopefully we'll have them on For a future episode
1: yeah, definitely looking forward to it. You know, it's 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 <laughs> pertinent to realize that not, – not just realize, but be understandable that, you know, uh, people's schedules can change, personal lives uh, matter, and they yeah. always should come first.
0: Oh, definitely, um, yeah. You
1: know, and, and like we said in the beginning when we started this, you know, this podcast is, is more of a source of – just you and I hanging out, maybe sharing something that um, somebody can relate to or uh, can just be enjoyable. But even if it's not, you know, just it's the, it's there. It's out in the interwebs. Um, it's
0: in the ether. The ether.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should. That should be a term that's used to describe things more. But
0: like, like, like the chode.
1: Well, like, okay, you know how like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference between like local area network and wide area network, right? Um, traditionally, it's like local area network is like within sight of the confines of a building or something. Uh, sort of. Wide, Yeah, and then like wide area network can mean m- multiple buildings, or it can also mean the, the internet itself. So what happens when... Well,
0: actually, the internet re- really is its own category. It's not necessarily considered a wide area network. Shush up. Sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. I don't mean to split hairs. <laughs>
1: this does not fit my agenda. No, so I was thinking about this this morning or last night, I can't remember, but when humans are living on multiple planets, say a space station or the moon or Mars or all of those, and there's internet on those planets as well, right? What what connotations or, 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 or acronyms will affect the way that we talk about networking and, and the internet at that point?
0: i don't think it will because it will just it it will be similar to um like um intercontinental connections those are those are just large pipes of the internet going across you have multiple providers um you know that are providing those links but you know it, it instead of dropping a cable into the sea it'll just be a sat link i i suspect they'll be using some form of quantum entanglement um in order to to retain uh, instantaneous communication but yep. um i i think they'll they'll just be you know separate like connecting to separate continents they'll have their own their own public networks and then in nested in theirs everyone's private networks so
1: I watch a, I watch a show called The Expanse and it's really interesting um, from the stance of thinking about communication because they do a really good job at grabbing the realism of how that would work because real time communications from you know um, Io uh, to Earth there's a time delay right and that well, yeah, time,
0: you- Can't go faster than the speed of light.
1: Right. And it varies based on the orientation of the celestial bodies. So it's like really
0: huge gravitational pulls affecting the, that those, those radio signals.
1: Yeah. They'll, they'll plan like some kind of military maneuver or, um, some kind of like, um, pseudo live pseudo, uh, live broadcast. Right. And, so they're like okay well we have to do it at this particular time local because then the the time delay will be the shortest or um it's somebody, like
0: TCP window scaling
1: yeah yeah it is um and I'm like I'm totally geeking out just on the communications aspect Oh, I'm, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm like, I gotta rewatch this episode so I can actually pay attention to character development
0: <laughs> if if there is ever anything that I would be involved with space wise I would think it it would be somehow you know internet network infrastructure for for mult th- space <laughs>
1: erection erection <laughs> achieved. <laughs> I literally just got a, i just got turned on by that idea. Uh, <laughs> I mean I'm just I'm really excited to use Starlink. S- well there's that. I already put my hundred dollars down. Um and he's planning on doubling or tripling speeds in the next uh year. Which I'm is just
0: how they do that because I don't know. I wanna know.
1: I kinda wanna know. Maybe I don't. I don't know.
0: Um, I've worked with computers over satellite before. Yeah, and
1: I, I mean, yeah. I had a, I, I've had used a satellite phone before.
0: Uh, this is satellite not, internet.
1: It does not work the way...
0: No, there's they, a huge delay. <laughs> yeah, so... Huge uh, delay, because it's got to bounce from Earth to space back to Earth, and... <laughs> That yeah. takes a long time. Yep, yep, because yep. you got the
1: client-server communication, and then you have the processing on each end, right? So right. how are they? Oh, just mind-boggling that they can do that and do it so fucking cheaply. I don't, uh, I don't understand yes, it. It's
0: the only way that they can do it, really, because you've got to, you've got to constantly, you've got to account for um, Earth's rotation and where and the satellite's position and it has to constantly shift its its uh radio its directional antenna so that um the signal is like you were saying earlier about uh, contacting uh, io they've got to wait for certain planet planetary alignments perfect weather like uh, tcp window scaling and um yeah that's uh yeah, it's like, I know... In, in it's mind-blowing, though, that that they can actually do it. You know, it's like, my keystrokes are going into space! Stop it. <laughs> I <want to> need, <laughs> I'm gonna need you a cold shower. On, so... um, I got a throbbing heart on right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what was that? <laughs> I dropped it on the table. <laughs> It scared the shit out of the dog too I'm sorry Annabelle I'm sorry girl it, it down. <laughs>
1: What the hell is that
0: Well yeah I mean She was laying there all peacefully Because uh, we played for 30 minutes and then we went for a 45 minute walk and, and when I say play we went into the backyard Because it's like nearly 60 degrees And um, So she was jumping around And running around and.
1: Yeah it's nice out right now
0: I uh I finally got the opportunity to, to wear her out, so now she's just chilling on the floor next to me.
1: You're still talking about your dog, right?
0: Yeah, why?
1: No, just asking.
0: Well, my dog is my baby girl. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean... All right, so
1: I uh, hope everybody had a good week. Uh, I hope everybody will continue to have a good week um, when this episode comes out live uh, Monday. Not live, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, today, uh, we were going to take time to discuss uh, automated penetration with Ansible, which is but
0: it's <laughs> just the name of the episode. Really? <laughs> I just... Uh, the 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 only real goal for today was, yeah, to talk about automation, and namely with Ansible and Python. Um, so, that's why I... That, you know, because every episode I try and work the word, some form of the word penetrate into the title. Because we're... The, the, our, our production company is called Do Not Penetrate. <laughs> do, do Not no. Penetrate presents Dirty Nerdy Podcast. <laughs>
1: Sorry, um, Which, you
0: know, I'm talking about you know uh, penetration tests. You, it's, you don't, you do not, you never want to penetrate production. <laughs> Because that 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 can cause that can cause problems.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to call HR.
0: <laughs> that bitch says you gotta call HR. <laughs> oh man, dude, I almost got into a fight yesterday. Wait, what? Yeah. You're a grown man.
2: I. <sighs>
1: Okay, with with who or what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Some punk-ass kid at the grocery store. I was sitting in my... I don't know what the fuck was going on in his head or who he thought I was, but I was sitting in my car... I just pulled into the parking spot. I was listening to some music, checking my phone before I went in, made sure I had my list up. I get out of my car. Some dudes, you know, because I'm focused on me. At, at this point, it's just ambience. But I, I hear a dude, you know, angry, grumbling, yelling, and he's yelling at someone that's a few cars behind me. And as I'm walking up the store, the dude points to me and says, This guy! And the at fuck? that moment, I'm like, Okay, I immediately going to defensive mode. So I look the guy square in the eye. I'm like, What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> and he's like, y- You you almost ran over my, over my dad, man. I'm like, uh... And he looks like a white thug. Of course. Um... But uh, he's... <laughs> and I'm like, what what the fuck are you talking about? When? I've been sitting in my fucking car. And he says, no, you just, you, you almost ran over my dad, man. You need to learn to drive. And I'm like... Right. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm with you. <laughs> what the fuck is your problem? And he says, I ain't going to beat your ass, man. I just wish you'd fucking learn to drive. And he walks away... And he's like, and I hear him grumbling, fucking bitch ass motherfucker. And I'm like, what the? (sighs) So this completely throws me off because, you know, I'm I'm exuding nothing but positive energy. I'm having a great day. I get to the grocery store and this guy fucking just tears it apart. So So there was there was no way that he could have been actually
1: talking about you. You had been sitting in the car for like 10 15 minutes.
0: Well uh, yeah, I, he had no clue that it was me. I don't think he 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 thought what he saw was what he saw. Yeah, no, I get that.
1: Cuz cars can look alike when you, you know, with other cars. Uh it, especially in a busy parking lot. But that that's why you need to be careful with when you open your mouth and you suffer from asshole syndrome.
2: <laughs>
1: I think I I think I had an episode or a scenario like that years ago and I was just my off the cuff response was like dude you need to go see an eye doctor and and it just like kind of like made him stop and go what the fuck what what is he talking about well you know. Like yeah. completely diffuse the situation. I don't I don't know if I consciously set out to do that, but it's often the best way to handle those because my my temper is horrible. But mine too. I can yeah, I can go from like ten to a thousand in in the blink of a second and Don't realize how I got there. And then I don't come down for like hours. It's just gone. It's ruined.
0: Yeah, Um, it's hard to explain to some people. People because. All they have is a max 10. They don't understand what it's like. When you're at a thousand.
1: Well, I think everybody does. I think some people are just better. uh, At. Moderating. uh, The flow of. Aggression, obviously, I'm not, and I know that about myself. So I didn't always, um, but now that I'm much older and more mature, uh, I know that about myself to the state that I can, I can see a situation coming, and I'm like, you know what? I better not uh, continue this avenue and and go do a different path. Um, and sometimes that's unavoidable because. Like I said, people who suffer from asshole syndrome. Or maybe they were dropped on their head as a child. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Um, But, you know, the universe sent me a gift. Because as the dude's walking one way into the the store and I'm walking the other to get my cart. It's a really nice lady, probably about my age, 30-something comes up and she says, you know, don't pay attention to him. He's just got a bad attitude. It'll be okay. And I'm like, why can't I be more like this human? (laughs) You know? Because I probably could have just avoided the whole issue having not ever said anything or been a little bit more calm about it when I confronted him. But in the moment, the dude pointed at me in public, everyone's looking at me and he's accusing me of doing something that it didn't do and it just I flew off the handle
1: I don't know if you take the most calm and well put together person, I don't I don't know if they would have handled that differently, I mean obviously they would have, right? Because everybody would, but How many more ways is there to handle that? Somebody accuses you of doing something that could have caused seriously permanent bodily harm to another. Uh, My immediate response, if I wasn't angry, my immediate response would have probably been like, fuck, did I have a lapse of memory? Um, Followed up with... I, don't, I think you got me confused with somebody else. I was sitting in my car for the last 15 minutes, and I wasn't moving. But that's, on the surface, you're not thinking about sharing that because it's none of his fucking business. Right. right? He obviously mistaked your vehicle for somebody else because he saw your vehicle 80% more than he saw you. Then and, and that's that's the honest thing, right? Like, unless he's got x ray vision, I can't I can't determine that because I don't know him. But he didn't see you, he saw your car. Right. Or and you have a very common ish blue colored car. How many blue cars are in the parking lot? Right? Many. How many how many blue Toyotas are in the car? or in the parking lot. So that that's where the issue was is that he saw something happen and just latched onto the first thing that he remembered because it happened quickly. I get that. But he wasn't big enough to say like it could have been him, dad, but I'm not sure. That would have been the better way to handle that. You you were, you know, Publicly humiliated and and attacked verbally, I think you reacted the same way that most people would when it's a case of mistaken identity. I mean, you have to protect yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean at that point, fight or flight kicked in. I chose to fight. <laughs> I don't
1: see you as a fighter. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're, <laughs> I'm not saying you're a pansy or
0: anything. I'm just like, I don't see you like, let's throw down mother, come on. I don't. No, no. I would rather, I, I would choose to avoid a fight, but I'm not afraid to confront someone. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid of that confrontation. Uh, I'm not
1: afraid of it, but I go out of my way to avoid it because I, I don't enjoy confrontation. I think it's unnecessary.
0: Oh, I don't like it either. Um, but...
1: I, I've got... <sighs> at least I, if from my perspective, my life is too short to go through life, confrontation after confrontation. Fuck that shit. Um, comp, Save the confrontation for when it matters, right? But... For just blatant people you don't know, like, I don't... They don't deserve that much attention or... I I guess it's the best way to say it from my perspective is I I just was like, I I would been like, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm just going to walk away because unless he can prove it, then there's no reason to have a conversation. But I, I can see where it would have been easy to just snap because that's your human nature. It's everybody's human nature is like no I didn't do that what are you talking about what the fuck's your problem you know that right. is a very common human nature none of which has anything to do with automation well technically I guess we could make it about uh, that <laughs> what, the, what the fuck's your problem <laughs> yeah um, I can't I can't tell you how many times I have that thought in my head in a given day even to my own kids WTFP like, yeah like I'll see them do something especially my son because he's 13 13s have zero brain cells oh
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself what the fuck is his problem <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my son or at least he looks like it but the fuck but I mean I have those I have those moments too I love it when I catch myself in them like I'll do something just asinine stupid and I'm just like what is wrong with me
0: nothing
1: no (laughs) there's things wrong with me buddy (laughs) (laughs) don't lie Oh, I have plenty of faults, that's for sure.
0: So, yeah. So, sorry for the, the, the long-ass sidebar, but... Um, no, don't apologize. That just... I, I don't even <laughs> remember what the comment was. That made me think of it. But I just... I had to get it out. That's what she said. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. well I just I thought about it if she says I had to get it out is she talking we, about something that she had about? to get out or
1: maybe I was talking about she had to get you out I don't know
0: well I was going to say or is she talking about something that she had to get out for ye- of yours for you
1: I think you're thinking about this way too much Okay, I'm just saying. So, I I just thought I was being funny, and it probably wasn't funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's funny that I wasn't funny. There you go.
0: Oh, so
1: hmm.
0: the wonderful world of automation,
1: dude. I like automating everything. What are you talking about?
0: So, give me as a. As a developer, what are are some of the things that you automate? And how do you automate them? Magic. (laughs) Well, I mean... Okay, I'll go in the fucking detail. I do think what we do is black magic, but... (laughs) It's because we worship Satan. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, I don't. What? No, I don't! Don't tell them that! Yeah, I've got a yeah no I've got some. Pretty, I have an image to uphold, motherfucker. Well, that and I've got some pretty holy artifacts here in my office, and I don't want them to burst into flames. I don't
1: think it works that way, buddy. But
0: okay, you do
1: you. <laughs> um, I think most most of the time. My interactions with automating things from a development standpoint uh, for like web applications is like reporting report data uh, or moving data from one place to another. Right. Um, most recently, I'm dealing with a project where a customer has a database. Um, provided by a vendor uh that product is uh for the lack of a better term been terminated okay
0: oh shit uh
1: but because like they were the first people to basically adopt using their product they they're giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying like hey um we need you to move over to this new platform in the meantime you can continue to do your old method and that's fine but know that we won't support it no more so the new method involves a horrible API (laughs) it uh, uh, you know does the normal handshake and security checkpoints um, It grabs data, brings it over uh, into a temp table, and then identifies what's new, what's existing, and that kind of thing, and then runs the import. So the, the interesting piece to this is that the source database is a Postgres table, or a Postgres data source, and the destination is Microsoft SQL. Oh,
0: wow. Uh, That's
1: an interesting yeah. So, you know, there's data type issues. There's um, column length issues. Um, there's, uh, I mean, there's a slew of different things that you have to keep in track of. And then, on top of that, the base uh, solution is... Okay, run this task on a set schedule. And this group of tables will get an import ran every 15 minutes. This group does every 30 minutes. This group does every hour and then daily and then weekly. And each interval has got a different set of tables depending on the business logic in the application. So obviously you want to know uh, orders need to come in every 15 minutes. Customer data needs to come in every 15 minutes, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, financial records can wait a little bit. Like, you know, once a, a bill has been paid, you don't need to know that like right away because I don't know. So, yeah, that's actually been something that I've been working on recently in in helping him automate that process and making it smart. And I've actually spent most of the week kind of doing some machine learning with the process so that I can gauge uh, if an import fails, why did it fail? And uh, then use that failure to teach the system of how to respond. Do I need to go out and grab it again? Um, and then there's also, you know, there's there's exit points where it's where even if you tried it again, it's it's you're gonna get the same result. So don't do that. Um, and I think that's what I enjoy about automation is I kind of see there's two ways to automating things. You can automate them because you do them like a bazillion times and the variables don't change. Uh, automate that shit and stop, stop fucking babysitting that process. And the second one is automating something because you need to see it working in action in order to maybe refactor it to make a better process. Or uh, because it's gonna be part of a machine learning solution that will become more intelligent over time, thus become a better solution. Uh, And I know that automation for you means something different because you think of things from the infrastructure stance. Um,
0: Sort of. Yeah, not blatantly. A lot of the automation you do is is just like data manipulation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. <clears throat> and do you so? How how do you automate those processes? Are are you building scripts in Python or is it some sort of scheduled Cold Fusion task or? Yes.
1: And and sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's neither. Sometimes it's using some a tool that's already there, like you know SQL replication, right? That's a form of automation. Okay. um uh sometimes it op, it it's something that sits um it, within the host's infrastructure that we're, uh, we we've got a, a a node script or a python script or or something that's reaching out and looking for a file and if it sees it it parses that data and it does something with it right you're taking human interaction out of the process because it, It's mo- it's mundane
0: In order to do so
1: And then you can Speed up the process of your business By doing so
0: Well you're also limiting the Probability for mistakes in the process Sometimes Because even if it's mundane or monotonous um, Or repetitious you, you can still make mistakes
1: It, it Yes you can
0: and so you know, automation just, helps with removing that risk
1: it, it can yes it, often I have found it's kind of an even well it's not even but automating something that takes out the possibility of human error can still can still be subject to human error because the process wasn't set up correctly um, so you have to do it the best way that you can in order to not be counterintuitive. Because, the, yes, the simple idea behind automating something is I'm going to remove the variable of human error. Um, and in doing so, you want to, you have to make sure that you're not injecting it, human errors into that automated solution.
0: Right. Um so okay, so you're you're not only are you just dealing with <clears throat> automating uh, data manipulation, but you also have to compensate for human error. Yeah, it, I, uh, think, it, I think through, if you through don't. it in the um so you're you're, you're attempting to sanitize data input Or analyze it because that changes all the time because of a human? Yes. Okay. Very good summary. Okay. All right. Yes. (laughs) So you feel what I'm putting down. (laughs) Yeah. I feel that. Do you? (laughs) Yeah. Really? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I feel it feels so good when you when you drop an anaconda so large that it the last inch disconnects from your soul. Wow, <laughs> that image was hilarious it uh, yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> you take out the shit so good uh, <sighs> okay um yeah it, I'm dealing more with um back-end automation. So uh, I interface with a lot of um, the user input is typically my input, um, so or an admin's input. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, we're automating things like uh, server builds and uh, software installs, configurations, um, account management, uh, privilege escalation rules, um, firewall changes, and so forth. Um, so, it, it, if it's typically invoking commands, providing data, and uh, it doesn't get too complex beyond that. I, I mean, the processes in themselves, for example, registering a system to um a uh, uh, software entitlement system and then ensuring the proper subscriptions are attached and the repositories are enabled uh, there are a lot of steps that go into that but um, we're we're removing the error and speeding up the process and also ensuring a damppotence by um, using a, a automation platform Um called ansible which it makes it a lot easier uh than say having to write a script and then distribute it to a a bunch of systems and then running that script on every single system um and other things that i that i automate are similar to to what you do where you build um either a shell script to perform system backups or um a, uh, a script to manage services. Um, or even most recently, I'm, I started building a uh, Python application, um, that provides, uh, users a shell that they can drop into so that they can run certain, certain, um, uh, privileged operations and it simplifies the process for them. So, um, Automation can could I I think could even include building an application to do something, um, not just uh automating uh processes or um, everyday processes, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to. You had a lot of big words there, <laughs> but no, and I I think. First of all, some, a language like Python is great because, just like um, Java or uh, C or something like that, you can it can work on any OS, right? You can embed it into uh, internet. Uh, what do they call that? An IoT Internet of Things or something like that device.
0: Oh yeah, and embedded devices.
1: Embedded, embedded devices and I that's the you can do something simple that saves thousands of dollars a month, right? With just a short script um that never needs to change so to speak. Um and then you can also do something very complex as well that has multiple moving components Mm-hmm. with hu- human interaction at, at certain uh, milestones. Um, I think largely it's one of the things I like about software development as a whole is a piece of software is a tool that operates inside of another tool. And yep. how do you get the most out of that? You know, And I think of things like... Video games are are great examples of automation, right? Because there's all types of automating that's happening that you don't see because you're just seeing the image, the the moving images, right? Um, If you really let yourself go with that, I mean, we actually stand to see – well, humans, maybe not us, but humans themselves – we'll see space travel become automated. We have machines that are building other machines that take you off the surface of Earth and into space.
0: Well, hasn't it been automated since we've been putting satellites in space?
1: No. Well, yes and no. I mean, like, some of the manufacturing process is done with robotics. I mean, so are cars. But... There's a human involved somewhere. So, say in eighty years, a car can be built from a cache of supplies, completely by robots, and roll off of the the line without any human interaction.
0: Black Mirror, bitch.
1: Yeah, but it's a, yeah, that's a perfect example.
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah, that will be quite the dystopian future Because we will work ourselves We will automate ourselves out of jobs And then
1: Well, I mean, think about it Capitalism exists because we need it In order to pay other people money
0: Right, but then the the job market will be so small That no one will be able to get a job
1: You won't need them
0: you still need people unless you get to a point where robots can build robots and improve themselves you're getting closer to like a matrix like future where they chase us underground and there are very few of us left So technology going, is very dangerous for the human race without going on a tangent
1: I think AI only becomes dangerous if you make it dangerous
0: you, you could say that the same argument has been used for the, the for n, n, Albert Einstein when he in, he felt the same way about the nuclear bomb.
1: No, he recognized yeah, yeah, that he use it for right. good
0: or evil, but he really hated that that he had even invented it at all. Because there's no telling if people will use it for good or evil. And most of the time, it's people using it for evil.
1: Because that's our human nature, is to do something that is gratifying to ourselves and not thinking about our fellow man. Uh, But that's also part of our society. If we change our society so that we're not having to look out for ourselves in that fashion and instead like okay god damn it this is going to get off topic
0: i don't know it still applies it, it, to ai in the future
1: right so let's let's go back to colonial or times. or automation in colonial times when you lived in the frontier you were responsible for your own food supply you didn't get it from somebody else right And so what's what's wrong with the concept that technology will lead us back to... Ah,
0: that's the thing. Technology shouldn't be leading us.
1: I'm going to agree to disagree.
0: I feel like we should slow down advancements in technology and we should focus more on improving ourselves instead of the things that make our make us feel like we are comfortable instead we need to be able to make ourselves feel comfortable self reliance well, not relying on material objects
1: the, the the pessimistic person in me is is going to say that as long as things like As long as people believe in the supernatural and religion and um, things like that, you're never going to be able to get to that point.
0: How does any of that have to do with anything within the human psyche? This is all psychological. It has nothing to do with what people believe or don't believe.
1: Well, because we... We have the innate ability to be greedy. We have the innate ability to hurt somebody. How do, you, how do you solve those issues, right? If you can solve those issues, you solve hunger, you solve abuse, you solve violence.
0: Those are all societal, though. I mean, if you believe they that are. someone is born and grows up to be angry, that I don't believe that people are naturally angry.
1: No, I, I think believe we that are, they,
0: everyone's a product of their environment and Yes, so. we are
1: a product of our circumstance and environment So you improve the circumstances and the environment If technology has a role in that, then I say use it I don't okay. think that technology should be the only solution I think Technology should be part of the equation and it's left out of a lot of equations because people don't want to change or they're afraid of it. Um, But what are they afraid of?
0: I don't think technology will solve it either. All you need is a good home and a full stomach. I don't, technology doesn't, we for thousands and thousands of years have, some would say for millions of years, been able to do that all without, you know, calculators. Yes. So how how do how do you
1: give somebody a good home that doesn't have one?
0: It depends. It it's it's recursive, right? You've got to have you've got to have your first.
1: You got to start with a good home. You got to start with a
0: mom and a dad. That Mm -hmm. love each other and I want to have a kid And raise it to to better the world But the thing is That I'm on your side What
1: I'm on your side I really am But like You have Multiple ways of of How people feel about a situation like that Right because You have some people That go like well I grew up in poverty so I didn't Have a good life but you have other people that say, "I grew up in poverty and i and I set out to distance myself from that and make sure that my kids did not
0: okay, so so
1: what's the difference between the two it's it's choices
0: no, it's economy if you're if you're to take the economy out of that situation, if you are born into a world where it's just you and your parents and you work to in a small community and you all contribute together and well this this sort of goes along the lines of the, the Star Trek utopian future where where people don't work for money they they work to better themselves in society which is why it's why it's the perfect image of what what the future should be because the economy has been removed from the from the situation and there's a because money creates poverty. if you didn't have poverty, then they probably would have a good life. Yes, I agree. I don't um, think this has anything to do with spiritual beliefs or with I don't know how you think ghosts play into it, but I don't think any of that has anything to do with with what what physically affects a person in in their environment. I think it's just all upbringing
1: yeah well without well, i don't want to be devil's advocate here but i think superstition and, and reality and religion are uh, a form of population control in my opinion just as much as capitalism is and i get it i don't want to sound like a flipping communist or anything capitalism has a use but I think it's being misused in a large scale and not just in the United States, but everywhere because you get caught up chasing the almighty dollar because the American dream changed from you have the possibility to, well, in order to have that possibility, you got to have money first. But, but like you said, if you was to get rid of the economy, You also would get rid of some social issues that lead to bad effects on someone's ability to be successful or be happy. Um, Joe Rogan says it frequently. I think he says it at least once in every podcast he says, which is, uh, I I just want everybody I know to lead the best version of their own life, whatever that should be. Uh, he's a big health nut and a big fitness thing, you know, and he's talked before to people who are friends of his that are overweight, and he started the conversation with, like, dude, you need to lose weight. And then afterwards, he was like, well, fuck, who am I to say he? they need to lose weight? Maybe they're doing what makes them happy, but at the same time, don't purposely harm yourself, because that's not good either, right? Because you're teaching somebody else that's looking up to you that it's okay to to do that. That's, it's a delicate balance, and there's no easy way to fix it. I still feel in my logical brain that technology will always play a role in... How how humans will better themselves. It doesn't have to be electronic technology. I mean, we use the wheel to better our ourselves. We used fire to better ourselves, and that's a form of technology. But you can also use fire to harm yourselves, right?
0: Well, yeah, I'm I'm talking about purely here. Com- Compute. I'm not talking about like uh, infrastructure technology or elemental technology. I'm talking here purely like, you know, computers, devices, software, any sort of anything that that you know would be considered electronic. Um, because we survived without it for so long. We and have when when our population numbers were smaller, there was less stress on on the system overall. Um, but I think the only way to fix any of that is to have us have some sort of um, there needs to be some sort of shift in society and how we approach things and it needs to be more altruistic than it does uh capitalist i think we need to do things because we want to do good things not because we get paid to do them
1: yes we want to do do good things because because it's good to do them not because you benefit from it
2: right Um,
0: that
1: that kind of circles back to, you know, I think in the in the sense of automation, you can get to a point where you're automating too many things, and you've you've lost touch to the process. That right. that, introduc- or that introduces a level of irresponsibility, right?
0: Um, so yeah, that, that's why I'm all for 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 automation within a reasonable sense. Not not to the point that that, you know, we have robots building robots and robots building everything or robots doing everything. There was a good episode of the X Files. Um I think it was the one of the it was the second season of the the special series that they had a few years ago. And uh, Mulder and Scully go to dinner at a sushi bar, and the whole thing's automated. And they just walk up, they tap on a screen that's on on the table, what they want, it gets delivered down a conveyor belt to them, and then when they leave, they... uh, They go in into it. It's it's sort of like um, Lyft or um, whatever the 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 other uh, ride sharing services, but it's it's driven by a robot, and she almost gets into a wreck because she wouldn't give it five stars or a (laughs) smiley face review, and so the computer got angry because you know if you have something that's completely. You almost have to have something that's 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 completely aware of its surroundings in order to to drive for you. I think self-driving technology is very dangerous because, but whatever. So um, she gets home and her her she starts getting attacked by these little uh, helicopter drones and her house tries to kill her because it's a it's a you know one of those um uh, connected homes and the this robot somehow affects the, the her home and is able to get the um the fireplace to turn on but without igniting it so there's gas just filling up in the house and it's Internet of things is dangerous because oh. there's no fucking reason my light bulb should have an IP address. And
1: well, okay.
0: It it can give people who want to be malicious to be even more malicious and it encourages even more malicious activity because they can do it behind the veil of a computer screen.
1: On on one side, I, I feel where you're coming from, and you have a valid point. The other side is, if we automated things like cooking a meal from raw ingredients to a cooked meal that can be consumed, that would free up people who would normally do that to do other things that would benefit society in a greater fashion so my 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 thought process is typically people in in it will automate a process that removes the mundane human activity that has to happen okay like upload stack of files from one place to another. Automate that, right? And that might only take somebody 30 minutes to do, but now that 30 minutes can be spent doing something that has a bigger impact to the overall solution. And I think that's what I was trying to um, convey in, in that I feel like technology has a role that is an important role in moving human society forward because not to add fuel to the fire of human or robots taking humans jobs. There's a lot of jobs out there that people don't like really doing right as a whole. I mean, there are people who grow up and they're like, I want to be a sanitation worker because I think that's cool. I don't, I'm not saying that there isn't. Um,
0: that 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 has to take an, a very special personality, in my opinion, to be a sanitation worker, because that's a lot of shit to deal with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there.
0: I mean, seriously, you gotta you gotta think about it. That, I've been to the dump only a couple times, and it smells. And that smell stings its way and seeps and settles into the deepest recesses of your nose. And it stays there for a week. It's foul and disgusting, and I really think you got to be someone special to be able to deal with that.
1: Yeah, okay, so let's, let's look at it from the standpoint of
0: you're hauling um, away people's shit, stuff that they don't want.
1: Let's just talk about like food, okay? Fast food restaurant. You show up, punch your order into a screen, pay for your order, pull around to the window, your order is ready, you grab your food and you take off. No human. I don't I don't see a direct issue with that. I can definitely see where it could go wrong, mind you. I mean, an ATM is a robot that dispenses fucking money or takes money. But they are still prone to break, obviously. They have finite endpoints that if they can't get past it, they can't function. That's responsible use of automating technology, in my opinion. The first ATM that came out was a piece of shit compared to the ones that came out now. But that's also part of the technology life cycle, right? You got Morris Law, for instance, and that's just one instance. How many times have you gone to a restaurant, ordered food, it was wrong, not because of the instructions you gave it, but because of how the fucking instructions were ignored or interpreted wrong?
2: You yeah. see what I'm saying?
1: A machine, if you say give me option A and I want it to be blue, that's exactly what the machine will give you if it has those resources. If it doesn't, it comes back and saying, I can give you A, but I don't have any more blue. That's it. There's that's the only, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I, you're also introducing other things into the mix, right? Technology requires power in order to run. So what happens if you lose power? What happens if you suffer an internet connection issue? You, you, can't, you can't get something out of that service or that process. That is something that people have to be willing to accept. Um I, I guess that's largely kind of what I've i I'm thinking is is that you I mean automation doesn't have to stop at uh the application layer of a of a website or a piece of software on an operating system or an embedded device. Automation I mean look at the automobile industry, right? and it was a valid argument when robots started being integrated to the assembly line and union union workers were going on strike because they were losing their jobs and and i get that and i think it was handled in a horrible fashion it should have been handled with rather than you losing your job we're going to reinvest effort into training you to work on the robot Because you should never just give technology-free reign over something. You need to have those milestone uh, checkpoints where a human goes, yeah, everything's still good. Continue.
0: Unless there's some way you can absolutely guarantee that Isaac Asimov's rules of robotics are programmed into every robot. That was the or or artificial intelligence, I, I guess
1: that was the sexiest phrase you have said to me in a long
0: time. <laughs> well, I mean, so with Ansible, it's one thing where you can throw together um, a shitload of stuff that you wanted to do with a with the, a simple YAML config. It's all Python based, so you can easily extend it to interface with multiple APIs. But there's no need to worry about it becoming sentient or or conscious at some form, even even if it doesn't have some sort of consciousness, it may have an, enough level of artificial intelligence that you know it needs to be <laughs> it needs to to be restricted. But you, I mean, if we're going if we go in that direction, I just really hope that, that they that they plug those three laws in. Because and find some way to prevent it from overcoming it. Because that's another thing in a lot of in a lot of artificial intelligence movies where the robot becomes bigger because it's able to override its own programming. That's scary.
1: It is. It's it's important to note that we make movies on things that we find entertaining. The big what if, right? Let's let's just make sure that Hollywood doesn't call the shots on how AI develops. <laughs> I think we'll be okay.
0: Hollywood has had a huge influence on a lot of technology. Oh yeah, just with 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 Star Trek. You know, a lot of people nerd. say that they that they um that you know they either became an astronaut or a physicist or or, or an astrophysicist or you know. It, they built a piece of technology because they believe in the in the Star Trek future, the Star Trek vision. Um, yeah. I, I know have, a lot of things I've done has is be, is be, been from my influence in Star Trek.
1: Definitely. I, I have done things in my professional career and in my personal life because I think Iron Man is cool and the technology that he controls Uh, Because of the Matrix, Um, yeah, I can't
0: fucking love me some Matrix. Uh,
1: To this day, uh, every single time I set up a new development environment, I have to have my terminal green foreground, black background. (laughs) Every fucking time. Such a nerd. I know.
0: I'm getting you an ATM terminal for for your for your birthday. <laughs> then you can have that shit permanent. Is that legal? Well, an old mainframe. It's an old old uh, uh, serial uh, serial Ethernet dumb terminal.
1: Oh, okay, I got it. I got you.
0: <laughs> and I'm I'm sure we could probably find one someplace, and then you can forever have your little black green green text screen.
1: Oh, I've gotten to the point where my nostalgia for where I started my love of programming or software development.
0: Jurassic Park was mine.
1: I need to find an (laughs) eight-color television monitor. (laughs) Okay. And find out how I can hook it up to a modern video card. Just for the simple fact of that nostalgic aspect. Um, I mean, like, I can do that now, but it's like, oh, it doesn't look right because it's on a flat panel monitor. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Um, Speaking of monitors, I got a new 27 inch. uh, So it's a 16 by 9 ratio, and my Samsung curved monitor is a 16 by 10. They're both 27 inches. Uh, and my new monitor, it has a refresh rate of like 120 hertz. Oh, my God. It looks so amazing. Um, yeah, just just wanted to share. Like, if you use a monitor on a daily basis, e- even to just as a developer, having a higher refresh rate on your monitor it just makes the quality of the screen so much better. And newer monitors have integrated blue light filters, which are fantastic as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I do like the blue light filter uh, for night mode on my Mac and on my on my i devices. It's it's nice to be feel like I can look at my mobile device at nights without. Um, Worrying that it's gonna keep me up or awake. My uh, uh, my fire tablet does the same thing.
1: Yeah, I I wish I would have known what blue light filters were prior to having kids.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know that they existed, did they? Or was it an actual it? physical f- filter you had to install on your screen?
1: Well, there was that. There was that. But I mean monitors have always had like r g b filters on them just oh, nobody oh. nobody knew to use them oh well i well, I didn't know to use them, but I'm well, sure I just
0: knew it to to adjust the color that that's all I thought it did,
1: yeah, and I always tuned my monitors to the the cool uh light spectrum, which introduces extra blue. I didn't know that that was bad. <laughs> For your eyesight, I'm like, well,
0: shit. <clears throat> uh, so we uh, have probably strayed off topic quite a bit.
1: Like, I understand that Ansible is a automation platform. It's open source. Yeah. Um, and the, the beautiful part is is that it runs not on just Linux, but it can run on Mac and Windows, which is yep. great. And it can use Python or PowerShell or Ruby in order to do the the, the scripting.
0: Um, I don't know about Ruby, but I I do know that that it that you configure it using um, YAML and you can build uh, Python plugins for it because it's all built on Python. Yes, and it also uses the Jinja two templating engine. Jin two. Jinja two.
1: Oh, ginger, ginger too.
0: Yeah, Python's pretty awesome. Um, you have got that on your back end, uh, behind the scenes, running everything. Um, all your all your plugins that you need, you can. Uh, if there's an extra plugin needed by by, uh, um, so Ansible has a feature similar to how Python has pip. Uh, it's called ansible galaxy you can pull in things from the community submit them um, so if there's something that you install from ansible galaxy you can install uh, the necessary requirements through pip um, it's, uh, everything works based off of what are called playbooks playbooks call what you what you build out as are what are known as roles. So you build a, um, uh, let's call it MySQL server role. Um, You can have a playbook that calls up the MySQL role and ensures that the packages are installed, the server is up and running, um, the configuration file, is is uh set up appropriately you can do that through the Jinja2 templating um, or you can just have a file that you upload Um, it will ensure that users are are the users and and appropriate uh, grants are configured Um, you can use it to fire off backup tasks uh, to do data restores Uh, it's a very versatile um, and uh, um, has uh, plenty of different mechanisms, such as, as the ability to retry things um, and monitor ro- long-running tasks. Um, one thing that uh, I'm very build- proud of building is not only our, our um, subscription system uh, client um, role that ensures all of our systems are subscribed to the to the uh, Foreman server, all the appropriate repositories are active, but for system updates. um, That way our our updates are are pretty much 100% automated. It it logs into all the systems, clears the YUM or DNF cache, uh, it then uh, uh, pulls down the repository metadata, installs the updates, uh, makes sure it then runs through certain custom tasks, depending on, on the host and the variables configured for that host. Um, it uh, is then, so it, it will unmount uh, NFS volumes that are found, um, make sure certain services are stopped, reboot the system when it comes online, ensures those mounts are back, those services are running, and, um, checks to make sure that the the temporary space is is not full and calls it a day. It also sent, has the ability to send out email email notifications so that when it it runs at the beginning of the week to check for updates, it will blast off an email to the to the person that owns the system. Um it's 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 pretty advanced. Um and uh it's really nice to be able to have that free time to build other things. Um, other types of automation. Um, so that's my, uh, my rant on, on Ansible. Uh, I, it does, it uses the YAML syntax, which is really, really nice. I first got into that, uh, when I worked, uh, first worked with Brian, uh, the major, or the, the flagship application there was, uh, Ruby on Rails app, app, and, uh, it used YAML for some of its configuration. So, um, and, uh, some of the things that I've, I've been building in my free time, such as a backup client, uh, written in Python, um, that does backups over SSH and uses secure IO redirection for handling passwords. Um, it, uh, uh it uses a YAML configuration as well. Um, I do love YAML. It, I really really like how it, it it turns configuration into essentially a um an object oriented array. Uh, yeah. I like I like the object oriented array. Well, that's what it is, right? So in in Python dictionaries, right? You you right. can have your your uh you can have lists of items that that are nested in 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 uh various levels of objects and it uh, it's pretty cool how you can do that
1: I agree and I, I know that um, I mean Ansible is is one of the products that are out there uh, there's there's other
0: things oh, yeah, there's, that, there's
1: that people can use Puppet, um,
0: and Chef, and Salt and I've used Puppet, I've looked at Chef and Salt and I actually
1: have a automation that I use uh, salt with. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh.
0: Well, I was never... This is kind of <laughs> embarrassing, but I was never able to get it to work properly.
1: <laughs> and I I think that's pretty common for, for everybody, right? Because... Even
0: though... Just get up and start working with, and Puppet was... I, I hate Ruby, so...
1: i I love that phrase i hate ruby
0: (laughs) Um, Uh, sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go ahead
1: no you're fine um i don't i don't know if i would say i hate ruby it it has its strengths i think it can be misused but i think any language can be misused um especially when you start getting into different tool sets and implementation standards and things like that. Um, kind of going back to our previous episode when we talked about DevOps, you know, it's a lot of the same thing there. Um, you can implement a practice that is good and you can do it wrong and it's not good. Um, I right. think that's important to vet a tool as much as you vet the people that are going to work with the tool um, to make sure that that tool is going to really do what you want it to do and it, it brings value and meaning to the solution. I think the reason I ended up using Salt when I did is because Salt was free. Um, and I just happened to know somebody who was who had a, a depth of knowledge that I could discuss getting it set up where I mean I had I had you as a resource for ansible but it didn't work inside of the the users or the client's infrastructure which is they didn't want to pay for it Let, let's say it that way
0: oh well ansible's free It is Ansible and Puppet and all those tools—they're all free. Um, And there's nothing that's that's restricted.
1: No, there's nothing that is restricted. It's just a matter of,
0: like, they have support packages, I think, right? Not in the sense that you're thinking. Ansible itself is free, and it's a community product. Um. The thing that Red Hat sells that has support is Ansible Tower, and all that is is um, they take a, a ver- they take the upstream product AWX, and AWX is free and community supported, but it's a web interface that it simply allows you to schedule Ansible ta- or Ansible playbooks, so you can have it. <laughs> it's basically a web GUI to cron. And these cron jobs fire off the Ansible tasks right. and the Ansible playbooks. So, um, you can, that's all it is, is just a fancy web interface. Um, and they do provide support for it, but um, Ansible itself is 100% free. You can do whatever you want. You could actually probably just schedule the jobs to run in cron <laughs> and just avoid tower altogether. Makes sense. But I use Makes tower sense. and I, I love it. So, so I wanted to, um,
1: I don't want to forget about this, but I wanted to take a second. And I, I meant to do this at the beginning of our show and, um, uh, and discuss that we have added a discord service, uh, for dirty, nerdy podcast. Um, we Plan on integrating it more into our show in the future, but um, for anybody who wants it. to, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was, I was just saying, I love it. Yeah, dude, it's it was so
1: fucking awesome to see you get excited about it. You know, I was like, I was like, this is exactly what what I was hoping to get out of it is not only for us to use our Discord to organize our guests and our show schedules and things like that, along with our website and social media platforms. But it's kind of a good way to get people who want to, uh, be part of it, you know? So in the future, maybe we could like open up chat channels live during a recording and have people, uh, ask questions or make comments that, uh, yeah. we, we can Fuck discuss. <laughs> Definitely
0: fuck Twitch. We don't. We don't. Well, well, we might use. I get. Sure. I'm not. I, I'm
1: gonna retract my statement. I'm not gonna say fuck Twitch.
0: Yeah, me, me too. But you know, it's it's nice to Do this without them. Twitch makes decisions
1: because they feel like they need to, and that's their prerogative. A few things that bother me. Most recently, was their. Their algorithms for suppressing content really need some human interaction. So, Metallica performed during BlizzCon last Friday. And the stream was going on Twitch as it was going on uh, multiple platforms. When Metallica performed their own song, it muted the audio. Are you fucking serious? I'm not even kidding you because of copyright infringement. Oh, or, my. Or something stupid. And I'm like, fucking kidding me. You know, and uh, That's James, bullshit. James and Lars were like, uh, I get it. They, I mean, they, they kind of were like, guys, seriously? Because think of how popular Twitch is. Now, Twitch has gone out of their way. To be as a general audience as possible, right? Yeah. A lot of their viewers are under 18. So, like, they ban games all the time because they show things that don't fit into a general audience category. And some of their decisions to ban games, you're like, uh, that's a bit of a stretch,
0: right? Don't they allow people to to show movies, show them watching movies, and they're essentially rebroadcasting the movie? Yeah, they. I have seen that. See, how are you not fucking shutting those people down, but you're shutting something down like fucking Metallica at their concert?
1: Yeah. See the the thing with Metallica. Was an algorithm thing, but the the concept of a Twitch streamer watching a video that's being broadcast to their Twitch viewers, thus these people are able to actually watch the movie without owning it. That breaks some laws.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh, that violates DMCA Act too. Sure,
1: the algorithm doesn't work for that category or that circumstance, you need somebody to report that. Well, people aren't going to report seeing free content.
0: <laughs> well, of course not. I would like to report that. I saw the brand new Terminator movie last night. It was awesome. <laughs> it is a really good movie.
1: I think it needs better character development, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And Twitch be like, who did you see this from? Oh, I watched this on so-and-so's channel 92. It was fantastic. I'm a subscriber and I really enjoy their content.
1: and then you got you know other competing platforms say like YouTube, where YouTube has made some very controversial changes to how people can monetize their their channel um, really Oh yeah uh, and they've done it because people were abusing the ability to monetize.
0: Hey, How do you use the Oh, I've come mm. across some fucking ads that are like thirty minutes long. What's that bullshit? <laughs> I don't know what ads are. <laughs> well, yeah, at that point that's what that, that's when I started installing an ad blocker on all the devices and on my home DNS.
1: Yes. <laughs> Install it on your home DNS. Well yeah, done I, have a, and done. I have
0: a content filter through DNS so i I run my own bind server, and i I keep active lists of of ad ad sites so I can block all that shit.
1: How'd that such a turn on <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that youtube was making um had made such controversial changes regarding um monetization. I didn't know you you could abuse that at all. I tried monetizing a video once, and it <laughs> I think it cost me money.
1: Well, yeah, um, it's probably not far from the truth. Um, it, and there is a little bit of that give and take, you know, um, of... It's it's like trying to advertise on Facebook. I mean, you might make money, but it's going to cost you to it's going to cost you money up front in order to make a return. Yeah. Whereas the concept with with YouTube or other platforms, it's that you're offering a service that just costs you time, which is money, and then you monetize that time investment. Uh, but there's there's multiple facets of how you can monetize it. You can monetize it with ads, or you can monetize it with sponsors, and so on and so forth. And they changed it to where, like, okay, well, in order to monetize, you got to have a certain number of views on a video. You have to have a certain number of subscribers on a video, or both. And I'm like, what the fuck? Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, so like the days the, the days of, you know, somebody becoming a a YouTuber are very different now than they used to be a decade ago.
0: Are there even days? It sounds like no one can be a can really make a YouTube being a YouTuber a life anymore. And I'm I'm
1: not I'm not knocking it. I just no, I'm not yeah, seems, I'm not knocking it. I it I don't think it's really difficult now. It is a lot more difficult. And I think uh, I, a couple of the people who stream on, on YouTube and have shows and content that I, I watch, they kind of have this, this stance of, well, from my perspective, it's causing people to not just be content creators but also kind of like an internet personality, right? Right.
0: Rosanna like, Pancino.
1: Right. So you think about it from a stance of like stand-up comedians. You have different types of comedians. And people will will either decide I, I like any stand up or I only like certain stand up or I only like certain people because of what they talk about in their stand up. You're gonna end up having the same thing on YouTube if it's not already there. Um, you can have five YouTubers that play the same video game, but one of them is killing it because he he's
0: speaks, got talent.
1: Yeah, he speaks well, he's personable, uh, He's maybe he's funny or whippy or something like that. And it, it adds value to his content that where others don't have it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's really interesting to see the progression. Um, Twitch, I know, is more diverted towards the live streaming audience, which I like. I like sometimes. But I like it less than the YouTube uh, solution, because with YouTube, I can watch it whenever I want to. Instead of going like, "Okay, where they're gonna stream at seven o'clock, and I gotta not do anything so I can see it
0: that's right. Twitch um, doesn't always save the video unless you tell it to, yep,
1: yep, 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 and a lot of people will stream on Twitch and then
0: put that stream on YouTube <laughs>
1: <laughs> after they've edited it or something,
0: so you can do live streaming on YouTube, oh yeah. Dude, oh, live well, then what the off. fuck is the point of Twitch? Just a
1: competitor. And competition makes innovation. I, I wholeheartedly believe that with every fiber of my being. The more people you have trying to do the same thing and putting their own little spin on it makes the other person go, I got to one up them. Um, I love that. It, it creates valid competition and the people who benefit from it is everybody involved everybody not just the consumer everybody benefits from innovation everybody always maybe not the environment <laughs> cuz you you can innovate <laughs> you can innovate wrong
0: yeah um Oh man!
1: Stop yelling or stop laughing. Stop Why? Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even yelling. I'm not even yelling. Stop it. Sound like my wife. You're making fun of me. <laughs> oh, I haven't started yet. I'm having a really odd day. I didn't take my meds until later. Um, that sounds bad, but I take anxiety and depression meds. For those who need to know. Um, yeah, bro. I didn't take him until like 1 in the afternoon. I was supposed to take him at 8. Oh, man. So I'm, I kind of feel
0: weird. Um, Do you feel Randy?
1: I always feel Randy. What are you fucking talking about?
0: <laughs> Do you feel Randy running her hand up your leg?
1: Wait, what? What? Uh, you Ow. have a her with you? I don't have a her. Ow. You said. <laughs> You said no distractions.
0: Why do we live so far away? I don't know, but you should relocate your family down here. Wait, why do I have to move? <coughs> um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What?
0: Because you work remote and you can move anywhere. So do you. Uh, Not the lady. It's very hard to get a uh, job in microbiology. Damn it! Shut (laughs) up. That's okay. I will see you. I know we will. Right now, we're still
1: contending with this COVID shit.
0: You know, if you, if you did move down here, it'd be easier to start our business together.
1: You just have to turn me on, don't you?
0: <laughs> I, uh... Uh, but, uh, I... yeah. So, your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberries. I okay. speak in your direction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> in our discord <laughs> channel we're sharing gifs of python and true to any other nerdy thing you can't
0: it has legitimate it like Monty python is is also all of python's references exactly um, um just
1: like you know like uh, i I used to tell people i was a software developer and they're like yeah what language cold fusion they're like oh, my God, like, don't you have to, like, wear radiation protection (laughs) and stuff? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you believe what you want to believe, buddy. You just made me sound really important. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's fucking amazing.
0: Oh, I, um, you know, I had a thought on Friday. I'm building out a shell written in Python, and it's got me, in order to guide me, I'm reading this, this how-to on, on how to build a shell in C. Um... And so I'm translating it over to Python as I'm reading through it. And it, it made me start to wonder, do I want to focus more on software development? Oh, shit. Is spent building out automation in Ansible, which I love. And it's its own form of a... They say they—they they are very clear in their documentation that Ansible is not a programming language. It is not a scripting language. It is an automation language.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But a lot of it does feel like scripting because there is uh, logic you have mm-hmm. to apply to how um, your tasks run. And. Mm-hmm. Oh, just a minute, baby.
1: God, she is really trying to get your attention. (laughs)
0: She's just... Um, And so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's okay. I'm sorry. I was was laughing so hard that I started clapping and it startled her. And now she's like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) It's okay. Um so uh some of the tools that I've built recently for our end users end users uh to use is written in bash. And I had to let her out um into the living room. Uh, let the dogs out. Well it would be dog, but uh so where was I? So I, I built these tools in Bash, and now I, my coworkers like, "Well, what if you would made this a a shell, so that they could run all kinds of different commands, and and we could give them privli- uh, es- privilege privilege escalation to certain commands, which sudo is great in order in in granting users access." To certain commands, but it stinks unless you're willing to define the full command with flags. And if you use asterisks, it gets expanded. So you could you could essentially nest a um, a malicious command uh, into your your normally harmless command. Um, so I solved that with some regex and and a script that I wrote um and some uh pseudo magic uh <laughs> n- no pun intended <laughs> pseudo magic and so he's like, "Well, this this would be great if we could implement this in Python, and and we could have, and if they they could uh, submit a ticket through this, and if if they don't have access, we could have it automatically submit a ticket saying that they're requesting access." And I'm like, "Yeah, I could build out an XML RPC class in Supervisor, and we could have that fire off tasks for tickets." And and I was just sitting here and I'm thinking, you know. I'd probably make a halfway decent software developer, but I wouldn't want to do web development. I'm I'm not a web developer. I I don't I don't really care for web develop, web applications, but I love working with back end systems and and command line tools, and that's a very niche area. But nonetheless, I had this thought for a moment. Maybe I could make be a pretty great software developer. I I think you could um and kinda, it, i did it in python
1: but well it kind of reminds me of our our guest ryan when he was talking about like he got into uh programming and then uh, most recently he's kind of like is this really what i still want to do because i don't feel excited about it and i knew from an early age I knew I wanted to work with computers, and I don't know if I ever was satisfied with just one form of of that idea. I think I would enjoy working with computers in any aspect as long as I felt comp- competent competent in my skill set. Well, that
0: and that it paid well because this. At this stage in the game, we gotta make sure we have a well paying job.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't always focus on money. I think my
0: first Not until the past few years I haven't cared about money, and now I do.
1: Now, yeah, I definitely do now. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be forty three in June. Um full disclosure. Um and The only reason money is important to me right now in my life is I seriously got to make sure that I'm ready for retirement. When I was younger, didn't have kids. If I made $900 a month, but I was doing something I loved, I didn't care. And I did that. Uh, I don't recommend it, but I did it. (laughs) Um, I think it's important to, to know your, your worth um, and not let capitalism take advantage of just because you know how to do something, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be paid appropriately. Right. No matter no matter what your gender or ethnicity is, you should be paid appropriately.
0: If you can do the job and do it well, you should be paid. That's...
1: Yeah. And you know, I kind of like the modern um... I like the modern approach to uh, pay is an equal uh, representation of performance over time invested. I like that. Somebody who – Well, okay, so some two people start at a company at the same time doing the same job, getting paid the same amount of money. Okay. A a year later, person A has performed better on the job than person B. Person A should get more money. Yes. To an extent. I think person A and B should have a flat increase of salary to fit inflation and living costs, right? So you can keep with a competitive living wage, but the... The person that performs better should get paid more. I disagree with the fact that if person B is not performing, that person B just gets pushed off to the side. Take a second and invest in the person B because you've already had them on your payroll for a year. You're throwing your money away if you don't reach out and try to make that person a better value to your company. Therefore, you're also going to improve their quality of life. They're going to appreciate their job better and they're going to want to perform better because you're taking the time to invest in them. Does that make sense? So then, on the third, on the second year, they are both performing very well, which in turn makes you more money, right? More profit that you can share with your business. And I know it's not it's not black and white like that. I know I, I get it, but there needs to be better control or better ethics exercised in companies instead of just saying that they're transparent and that they believe in equal opportunity. I put your money where your mouth is. Back it up with actions
0: back that ass up, you
1: know.
0: <laughs> Back it up. Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Oh! Whoa. Exactly. That's what she said. I hear you typing. What are you typing? Into whom? Why aren't you paying attention to me? I love you. We we got married, and I gave you my heart, and I gave you my butthole, and you don't pay attention to me anymore. Why? I was
1: I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was telling him I'm like uh, that. I would totally marry you, and and the oh. the, the issue of marrying you would be that. I, I would have to find some other way of sexually gratifying myself but <laughs> you you were yeah you could definitely be a good roommate that's for sure
0: oh uh, well you're very kind sir
1: i i think we would get along very well we we have a lot of the same interests we have a lot of the same personality styles and and things like that so the, i think that's we have women in our lives, <laughs> fucking women. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm so kidding. I didn't mean it like that.
0: I mean, I also
1: if have kids. Down here, you, we could go don't. buy a house. I have I have kids, and that that also is a thing. So okay, I don't, don't want to get rid of my kids. <laughs> 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 if, if I'm being completely honest. Yes they, they irk me sometimes But they are also Responsible for me being The better version of myself That I am
0: Aww Shut up Get out of the year award Oh god
1: No they, they really are Um, I wouldn't say That they're the only reasons I Strive to be better Obviously that's not true They are definitely number one. Um, Number two is probably me wanting to just be a better person. But, yeah. We definitely, I I definitely could see myself being happier if we were closer uh, logistically. Um, I, I don't, I don't disagree on that at all. And I like Cincinnati um, a lot. I think it's a beautiful city. Probably one of the cleanest cities in the Midwest that I've mm. been to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: quick sidebar. So I was watching um, uh, The Good Place the other day, and Kristen Bell's character was talking about making uh, there's a, instead of having just a good place and a bad place, but have a medium place just like everyone so everyone own everyone's own, everyone owned, everyone's own per cincinnati and i'm like <laughs> i'm like well yeah cincinnati's sort of a medium place it's it's not great but it's not bad <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love this place but no it's it's a really it's a pretty city it really is um
1: And I think just with any other city, you've got your share of things that need fixed and things that don't need fixed, and things you do well, things you don't do well. But uh, I grew up in Indianapolis, and um, if I compare Indianapolis to Cincinnati, Cincinnati is much cleaner. Um,
0: Oh, certainly. Yeah, I grew up in Indy, too.
1: And um, I, I like the... I like the nightlife a little bit better in Cincinnati, I think.
0: Well, yeah, because you've got not just Cincinnati, but Newport and Covington, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so you get you get to pull from multiple pockets of of sources of entertainment and things like that.
0: And, um, and some of the girls with their accents. Why don't you come and sit over here, Mr. Hopman? <laughs> You're not. Would you that like w-, w Would you like some whiskey? I'd like some whiskey right now. Uh, yes, please. Would you like some chicken wings too while you wait?
1: I had the Deftones moment yesterday. You had a um,
0: Deftones moment.
1: Okay, yeah. Do you know who the Deftones are, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So Chino, the the lead, uh, singer. He, he one of his favorite things to drink is uh, a Mexican beer with um, uh, Jaeger. So he'll he'll do Jaeger he'll like sip it like you would whiskey, but he'll have a beer to chase it with. Yeah. Um, and I and I was kind of curious. I, I like Jaeger, you know. So, oh, I
0: love Jaeger. Oh, my yeah. God. Um,
1: I can, I can put, I can make a $20 bottle of Jaeger, like, like it's nothing. I love it. I don't know why, because it, it doesn't. But you don't drink that much. No, I don't. I don't. I don't at all. Um, because if I drink more than one or two days consecutively, I become an asshole because it's, it's just genetics. I should never be, a, you know, an everyday drinker. Never. Ever. Um, because the asshole becomes a abuse, and the abuse becomes physical and mental, and then, yeah. Um, that's also why, I, yeah. Okay, so. But, you know, at the end of a week, you want to relax, you know, that kind of thing. I like the appeal of red wine, but... I haven't never really found a red wine that I like because I like sweeter wines. And most of your sweeter r- wines are white. But I think that's kind of why I like Jaeger. It's a liqueur, not a liqueur. Um, liqueurs typically have a sweeter taste. There's all kinds of weird shit going on in, in Jaegermeister, though. because
0: Well, yeah, because it's derived from botanicals. Yes. Just, and, just
1: like gin Yeah <clears throat> Which I've never given gin a fair shake I'd probably enjoy it If If I consumed gin Correctly
0: Gin and tonic amazing Gin straight gin. unless you like licking the ass Of a Christmas tree Then drink gin straight
1: I don't know if I've ever licked The ass of a Christmas tree What What's that like <laughs> kind of. Can kind I of walk me through that a little bit, Matthew? Where uh, were you?
0: How drunk were you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just I once tried gin straight, and I thought to myself, if I were to lick the ass of a Christmas tree, the, <laughs> this that that is what it would taste like. Uh, uh, because you know, if you're if you're licking the pussy of a Christmas tree, um, it's gonna be pretty magical, like so, you know, like. a cup of Christmas tea or uh maybe some fruit punch or some eggnog with rum you know you you, you feel you feel it you feel what I'm putting down I you feel I feel, where I'm putting I'm, it. You feel I, I feel it's... you
1: Matthew I feel you okay, which is pretty impressive because you're all the way in Cincinnati and I'm in <laughs>
0: central Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, so, uh, yeah, so I was just like, hmm, okay, but, you know, with gin and tonic, or gin with tonic water, um, and, uh, a squeeze of, of lime, it's, it's pretty fucking amazing. It um, sounds good. It
1: sounds clean,
0: which I, I like,
1: I like that. My it's first, very
0: clean and refreshing.
1: My first... Foray into legal drinking <laughs> was uh, uh, an Irish car bomb. It's the first drink I ever oh purchased.
0: My god, it tastes like chocolate milk to me.
1: It tastes like a Snickers candy bar to me.
0: Oh.
1: Um, but I was like, oh my god! And then like we did like three of them, and I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And they're like, don't stand up. And I was like, what? I didn't understand because. In all of my illegal drinking, we were always standing already and typically doing something. Um,
0: So. If you like a car bomb, you would probably love.
1: Oh my God, that sounds good.
0: So it's. uh, Wait,
1: does it have cream filling?
0: Hang on. So (laughs) it's equal parts. Uh, Bailey's, uh, buttershots, and Goldschlager. Okay, and wait. Say that again. It's equal parts Bailey's, buttershots, and Goldschlager. Oh, I'm I'm hooked. Not 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 butterscotch schnapps, buttershots.
1: So go okay. Goldschlager doesn't really have like a. A I've never had it straight. It doesn't have a strong taste profile. Maybe it's just for looks.
0: But, you you, you know, in a car bomb, it's, it's half-shot Bailey's, half-shot Jameson. Oh, I know what it us. is,
1: motherfucker. <laughs>
0: so, Bailey's made me think of the oatmeal cookie because I thought yeah. you, you would... Yeah, that's a good drink, too.
1: And... Irish, uh, an Irish car bomb that's made with something even more top shelf than Jameson. Oh fuck me, running.
0: I don't know how there's anything Irish top shelf that's better than.
1: Oh, you can get you can get better than Jameson.
0: I don't yeah. know. Those like, for I, me. I don't know. It, it, well, I'm not my fit, yo. No. I mean, so Michael Collins is really good. Yeah, but it has too much vanilla in it. Yeah, just trying um, too hard to
1: be a brandy or something.
0: Connemara is my only other favorite, but I've only been able to get it when I was in Ireland. So
1: god damn it, I'm gonna have to go to the fucking liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> now I want like a six pack of Mordello, and some. Oh yeah, my
0: god, my... I love Modello. Dude, right Modello is awesome. I'm sipping on some Sutter Home Merlot. Last night I had a fucking 50 of uh, of Corona. A oh, 50? Yeah. They make 50-sized Coronas. What? Yeah. In glass? Yeah. Get it's the fuck giant out. It's a giant-ass bottle of Corona.
1: So when I was younger, I used to really enjoy Corona, and then I found Mordello, and I'm like, fuck you, Corona. <laughs> but you can't always find... You can't always find um Mordello. It's it's not everywhere. Uh but typically oh, they got plenty of
0: Mordello down here.
1: It typically if you can find Mordello, you can find my favorite uh logger which is my uh Landshark. Oh my god. I can kill I can kill a case of Landshark.
0: Wait, and, isn't that isn't the that microbrewery down here? Uh
1: I think it is actually.
0: There are a lot of microbreweries down here and a few of them are really fucking good. That's another that's another plus that you get moving to Cincinnati. Plus, beer is only sold cold. And it's not extra. That's one thing I love about Ohio. And you can buy it Monday through Sunday.
1: Yeah. Shut up. Well, we can buy we can buy beer <clears throat> and alcohol now on Sundays. Um but only past noon or some shit. I don't know. Stupid religion.
0: Sorry. Um, <laughs> what does religion the, have to do with it?
1: That's the reason the rule exists. The law exists in Indiana is because, we I don't, I don't get it. Because,
0: not from my, I understand, but I, I could be wrong.
1: That's what I've been told in the past. It's, it's a religious reason that you couldn't buy beer on Sundays, because. Sunday is the Sabbath, and it's a holy day,
0: that kind of thing. Um, as far as Catholics are concerned, that's not an issue, if anything. Well, we're not a Catholic by state. Alcohol.
1: Yeah, we're not a Catholic state, though. We're we're eighty percent Baptist, or something like that.
0: That's news to me. Yeah. Um, uh, I the archdiocese is pretty huge, at no, least I know, central I know. Indiana.
1: I've I've been through that. Um. I've been to Orthodox Catholic churches I've been to Roman Catholic churches and and no I know like um, Catholics in general I, I don't want to be offensive but there's a time and place where alcohol fits into it right and not from the stance of drinking to get intoxicated, but drinking is a form of celebratory kind of thing and it's also a tradition
0: well okay so it's it's uh, it's part of the sacrament of communion and it symbolizes uh the uh wine that uh, christ drank with his disciples at the last supper and that's all it is 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 i mean that's the only reason the wine is used is for that for that symbolism
1: so if you live in a state where you can't buy alcohol on Sundays, I just think you should just make your own wine.
0: Oh, well, so yeah, all the wine that the Catholic churches get come from a, a Monk Winery. And
1: I didn't they, know they, that.
0: they 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 keep it pretty heavily in stock, so you know, they they're they they do not have to go out buying it on on Sunday. <laughs> is it
1: Is it true that Monk wineries are different than commercial wineries in the sort in the sense that Um, like the quality of what you're drinking is better.
0: Oh, you've yeah. I mean, they believe that um, because they are doing this as a part of their service to the community and to God, they devote not only have devoted their lives to the religion, but um, but to the winemaking. So you know, they're gonna use as much natural practice or um, natural. Um, uh, production methods as possible um, and uh, some of them are, are probably a little bit more technologically advanced but most of them are pretty 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 natural and uh, if you they're concentrating on just making this wine so it's you're going to have a higher a higher quality product um, i would think so and I just I didn't know it is really really good. I mean, if <laughs> I if I could, <laughs> if I could get experience. a bottle of church wine off the shelf, I'd be like, fucking a, dude, this is all I'm ever buying because you know it's red wine. It's 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 very very good. Um, but yeah, that's just a long ass rant on because that's all they're doing, <laughs> and because it's their service to God, they're 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 gonna you know. They're pouring their heart into it, and that's what it, what what matters, you know. You can you can taste when food is prepared very shittily because someone doesn't care, and by someone who puts their heart into it, it's going to be very good food, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed that when you make your own dinners. If you're not having a shitty day and just don't care, dinner's not going to be that great. <laughs> but
1: yep. um, so well, yeah, I, quality of ingredients that you use and things like that won't won't be good because right. you don't care about the product. And those those
0: those monk wineries are most likely sourcing, you know, from monk vineyards and and it's it the Catholic at least within the, the within Catholic society they, they try to be as self sufficient as possible because they're doing this in, in, in service of of their creator. So very true. So I mean, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry for that diatribe. I didn't didn't want to really get too religious. No, I, I know.
1: know. I, and but but you know, uh, alcohol has all kinds of reaches into different parts of society and history, and um, you know, all the way from it 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 was invented from a necessity because you, you couldn't drink the water. But you could drink fermented versions of, you know, rotted uh, organic material.
0: Can you uh, imagine what it was like to be a Viking and and the first one to invent mead?
1: Well, I think there's a re- I think there's a reason why like Vikings had this stereotypical like always angry kind of brooding thing because well they They're were alcoholics. They were fueled with <laughs> beer. Um, yeah. And then you still have you still have modern day cultures where it's not I it's not it's like out a of place weeks. for a, a rural Italian family to sit down to have dinner and everybody at the table has a glass of wine.
0: Yeah. No, my but, grandparents were that way every every night they had a glass of wine. If you look at the
1: statistics of alcoholism in a country where you suppress alcohol consumption and you don't suppress it, it's really weird because...
0: It's dangerous.
1: It can be, but if you educate early on that you can responsibly consume something or or practice something or attend a (laughs) class... It's like uh, sex education. In Europe versus Western world, it's very different. The sex is not talked about in, in
0: most countries in Europe as a bad thing. It's just... No, it's a taboo s- subject. Um, Considering they have nudity on TV and sex stuff on TV, but to talk about it, it just no, no, shame on you. Yeah, because... That kind of education should come from home. it shouldn't come from the school system, and yet we can slide sexual innuendo jokes into things like into into and in, into things like disney cartoons sorry disney but uh, <laughs> you can but but we can't have you know titties uh after midnight on on comedy central i and mean titties. <laughs> I wish I had four hands so I could give those titties four thumbs down. No.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I'm just not a. I wouldn't say I'm not a titty guy. I, everybody likes a titty. Um. <laughs> um well,
0: I mean, so the only reason I thought of Disney because it was the first thing that came to mind. That there used to be, on the VHS cover of The Little Mermaid, one of the one of the the spires, the
1: towers looked like a penis. I know. Yes. Uh, well, I think I think in simple terms, like Bambi should have been an R-rated cartoon.
0: Yeah, it is pretty traumatic.
1: Um, but you know, the nice thing is, is that at that point we lived in a society where you could talk about something that was very real subject that touched a lot of kids then, and you dealt with it in a way. That was impressionable to those who understood what was going on, but to people who didn't see the true underlying meaning, they still found it enjoyable. I think that's what I like about Disney's cartoons and movies the most. is
0: They're holistic.
1: Well, a hundred people can see the same show or movie, and it means something different to each one of them.
0: Oh yeah, it they have the ability to touch everyone in the audience. Yeah. It and but, but make not it relatable to everyone. Yeah. I like that. That's part. what makes a good story. Fucking Toy Story. Oh man, don't get me started. Everyone can relate to that shit. Somewhere in some way or another. Some way or another. Well I, I remember Toy Story last night
1: i remember watching alice in wonderland as a kid and as an adult oh and thinking, god that's
0: my favorite
1: and thinking two different things
0: oh um, yeah yeah fuck yeah but then, yeah yeah then and yeah. to find yeah. out yeah.
1: it had nothing to do with what i thought it was when oh, i learned I about oh is that fucking <laughs> wild yeah it... I, I when I was a kid, I was just like, "Damn, somebody got a vivid imagination." And as an adult, I was like, "Somebody was high as fuck." Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it has nothing to do with that. It was a dad entertaining his daughters before bedtime. Something just innately pure.
0: Actually, he would he would take he would take his his um I want to say his nieces were involved, but he would take. They were his daughters and nieces out on a boat on the lake and tell them stories and he wanted to come up with something original now the full annotated history of Alice in the Wonderland hasn't explicitly said he did shrooms and came up with this it's just he used his imagination to create a whole new world to tell them
1: Yeah, all I kind of took from that was he would be a fascinating person to have a conversation with Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, like, I mean, <coughs> I think that's the power of circling back to technology. It's one of the powers of it is I would have never known that. But because I had the innate ability to to find that out on my own, um, much easier than trying to go to the source of knowledge. I found out something cool about my favorite cartoon. My second favorite Disney film is Fantasia.
0: Alice in Wonderland is my uh definitely my favorite. I would have to say um Lion King would be my second favorite.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Not sure if I I definitely like um Man, I don't know. That's a hard I know Alice in Wonderland is my favorite, like, hands down, but not just Disney, I like anything Alice in Wonderland, um, uh, American McGee's Alice in Wonderland, fucking adore that, um, I'm trying to think, I, I like the Bambi movie and I think I only like it because innately that was my first and, um that was my first digestion of Disney content um so it probably holds some nostalgic value for me and then I think Lion King was the first Disney film I ever saw in theaters uh, I remember that uh, very distinctively.
0: So, not specifically Disney, but did you ever see uh, "We're Back"? A dinosaur story. Yes. With the uh, John, oh um, uh, God, what's his name? Goodman, John Goodman, yep. as the primary role. That was a good film. I, we uh, my brother and I loved watching that when we were kids. Yeah. Um. And uh, uh, what was it, uh land of the Who's was it? The land, L- lost
1: Don- uh, land before time. Land before time. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, I watched that like, oh my god, religiously. Uh, I think my sister and I could quote most of the movie by heart even now. Um,
0: was, oh, dude. Okay, I have to revise my choices. So Alice in Wonderland now is my favorite. But when I was a kid, The Rescuer is Down Under. Oh yes, definitely. I loved watching that movie. Especially There's when I was so six. much
1: there's uh, watching it now as an adult, there's so much sexual regression in that show.
0: Um, well that and I never know knew George C. Scott is the voice of the bounty hunter. <laughs> Not the bounty uh, hunter, the 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 poacher. Yeah, the poacher, bounty hunter. Is that and John Candy's the voice of the albatross.
1: Yes, yes, he is.
0: <laughs>
1: um, it's funny that that show is also the reason why, like, my two favorite birds are the condor and the albatross. Um, oh. Yeah. Both of them are actually very ugly birds. <laughs> <laughs> the condor has probably the ugliest appearance. Uh I think vultures are better looking than a condor. But they're both fascinating birds and very unique birds. Uh I think that's what I liked about them, but um yeah, the rescue down under um and um I like Lilo and Stitch.
0: I never saw that.
1: Um, I like it. Uh, I think my second favorite, behind Meet the or um, Alice in Wonderland's is uh, Meet the Robinsons. I like. I the, never
0: saw that one either.
1: I like the message behind it. I identify with the little boy as a kid because he's really into technology and trying to better his life by using technology. That. Is something that I can draw parallels to, um, and then you know he ends up because uh, he's an he's an adopted kid, and then he ends up. Uh, there's a good message in it, and I I think I like that. It's one of the few Disney movies that deals with adoption or or foster uh, children. Kind of a passion of mine uh, personally. And it's where I started my professional career.
0: You know, the first program I ever wrote was when I was learning BASIC. I think I was in... I'm going to say... F- fifth grade. And my, my favorite movie was Jurassic Park. And I was absolutely fascinated by... the computers in the control room and the interfaces that they had to go through oh god yes so uh well i didn't recreate it graphically um i i had read the book too i loved the book so i got a lot of content from the book but the idea for the control system came from hollywood and so i i i emulated that in a text text version uh written in basic and i i have it saved around here Uh, Because when I was done with that, I was so proud of it, I printed it off (laughs) on my 9-pin printer. (laughs) (laughs) You must Uh, have that
1: in another room because I remember them being
0: much louder than that. uh, Well, I didn't want to yell that into your ear, pussy. Uh, I appreciate it. It's not lubed yet. (laughs) Uh, So, um, but yeah, so it, it that is one thing that, that <coughs> excuse me that got me interested in software development um, I wanted to figure out how to do that and I had a lot of fun putting it together and I remember the look on my dad's face who at the time was uh, um, developer for EDS a systems analyst <laughs> and he's like alright good job son <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good job, son. Pat on the back. I yeah. I think that's fascinating because I I that there's a sound bite in that movie where he's trying to get into the computer and it's like, uh 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 you didn't say please.
0: Oh yeah. So, uh 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 you didn't say
1: the magic word. Uh so it in the automation script that I've been writing for this client to do their data imports. Oh god if they try to run a manual import and they don't wait for it to finish and they try to run that manual import a second or third time, it goes, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and I'm like, I really want to put the WAV file in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just just because I can. Because only one other person ever sees this, this dashboard. Um, it sits under a VPN, you know, that kind of thing. And it's only used by that dude. And I'm like, so it's it's harmless if I do that, right? But yeah, I was like, where do I get that from? I'm like, oh, Jurassic Park. And it was my son who put two and two together. He was like, Dad, Dad, that's from Jurassic Park. I'm like, that's what it is. <laughs> um,
0: and that's a common nerd thing to use that.
1: Well, I I. Um, my, the Alice in Wonderland thing makes odd influences on me too because, uh, mm-hmm. I I made a reservation to a like a romantic kind of like getaway thing, and the the name of the hotel room or the suite was like through the looking glass. Oh I my was like, god! I know, and I was like, why do why am I drawn to that? I'm what like, oh, oh shit! Just take me now. And when I looked at the photos, they had like, uh, like you get a gift basket, it, it's like ninety dollars, and you get like extra stuff. But they have like a bottle that says "Drink me." They have some snacks that says "Eat me." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yes, yes, please. And I'm like, swear to God, if I'm in that bed and I see a Cheshire cat, I'm out of that bitch. <laughs> I
0: but, just had a nerdgasm.
1: Yeah, like. I th- and it wasn't even themed Alice in Wonderland. It was themed like um, everything. Yeah, well, no, like like everything had to do with uh, uh, the the ambiance of the the view that you could see from the room. Oh. So they they were looking at it from a different stance, but. They saw what they were doing and did a play on the words with the gift basket, and I was like, that's kind of cool. I see what you're doing. But, yeah, it would have been cool if, like, you know, the the bed was red and black checkers, and the floor would have been white and black checkers to represent, like, the Queen of Hearts and the chess pieces, and that, that would have been cool. But it wasn't like that. It was more like a looking glass, not like Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass.
0: Which is. If we ever fa- go someplace that's titled Wonderland or Through the Looking Glass, you better damn well be proposing to me.
1: Okay. I will fucking make. It. Hold on. Let me write that down. <laughs> I'm going to propose. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: That would be a great way to propose to me. Oh, or, you know, just while we're at Disney World.
1: I don't know if I will ever go to Disney World. I can't.
0: Why? I love Disney World.
1: It's a waiting in line simulator.
0: So is every roller coaster park.
1: Yeah, and that's why I don't go to them.
0: But I love roller coaster parks.
1: I like one that I've been to. I like Holiday World a lot.
0: That's not a roller coaster park.
1: I know. I get that
0: King's Island is a roller coaster park
1: no six Flags is a roller coaster park King's no. flag or Six King's Island is an amusement park whatever but not
0: what, that's not what we say
1: Europe has us beat in the scope and scale of amusement parks in, in my opinion do what uh, I think Europe has better amusement parks than than we do
0: I don't know. I would disagree on that. Because a lot of them are built to, built by us. Well, they are, yes. Especially Euro Disney. Oh,
1: that doesn't count as an amusement park.
0: There's Disney, Disney World. And Pan, Disney in China.
1: Nope, there's Disney World, Disneyland. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them don't exist in my mind. That's a glitch in the matrix. Okay. Oh, that's fucking hilarious I said that. So um somebody posted a uh, an animated gif of the matrix code into our all chat this week and people were saying stuff and I was like all I keep seeing is the girl in the red dress. And nobody got the reference. <laughs> and then finally my my boss is like Mr. Anderson, we're glad that you're here. You know, or something like that. I'm like, okay, he got it.
0: Have you seen that picture of the girls that are taking a picture of themselves in a mirror and the girl to the right, her, she has a different smile than what's in her reflection in the mirror.
1: I think I
0: have. People are using this as evidence to say that we are in some sort of simulation.
1: What? So Photoshop means that we're in a simulation?
0: The the photo was purportedly authenticated by experts as unaltered. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... I, I, I need well, to see that evidence. I, I would need to see it too, but the guy said that he did an X-ray analysis on the image and he also cha- he also validated that the original headers were intact, and that none of the metadata had changed. I'm assuming either he had access to the original device and was able to diff it or he would have to he would have some sort of... But he also said that he, he he loaded it into his photo editor and showed what an edited photo looked like in an unedited one by performing a software X-ray analysis on it. And it showed, you could see, it was very pixelated in the image that was changed and not in the one that wasn't. This guy seemed pretty honest. Anyways, he... uh, They somehow authenticated that someone I talked to said... This is this is where 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 I, I'm interested in in what you think. A person I talked to said, "Well, could the light have bounced differently, or could she have changed her?" Now I don't feel like the shutter can can close quick enough for there to be a delay and the photon uh, 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 in the photons and them bouncing off the mirror and into the lens. Do you think it's possible for a shutter to close fast enough that the live person would have a straight face and the uh, person in the mirror would have a smiling face?
1: Well, I definitely think you have to say that it's, it could be in the realm of possibility um, I think not, it's going to be very rare. Obviously, uh, um, it could be a combination of a, a few things. It could be uh, a flicker of a light and a slight movement of muscle. It could be, um. The introduction of a new shadow that wasn't there in a millisecond before or something like that. I mean, shutter speeds are fucking quick as shit. Um, right,
0: but, but faster than than the speed of light?
1: Well, nothing is faster than the speed of light. Right. Nothing. Not even the supernatural. So... if it, If that was the case, then... Somewhere shit would be unraveling, and we would have seen it by now. I would. I have I mean, to believe. The is we that
0: glitch, glitch in the matrix, right? So, not not anything supernatural, just glitch in the matrix.
1: Yeah, and then you also have to ask, like, what kind of a device was the photograph taken on? Was it taken on a
0: smartphone? On... It, 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 you your run the mill iPhone.
1: Okay, so could it be a software? Issue could it be a hardware issue Could it be you know There's all kinds of possibilities that could Poke holes into Someone's theory and not Necessarily explain
0: So say it was an HDR image right So the shutter closes multiple Times merges them to get the best picture Right Mm -hmm. Could it be oh shit I've
1: seen I've seen all kinds of Reasons never go to the zoo with your HDR turned on. Why? Oh, my God. You'll never get a good photo. <laughs> I made that mistake. I, my son and I went to Newport Aquarium. And I thought I was going to. I had just gotten my iPhone 11. And I was like, I'm going to use the HDR. Because um, I heard it was a little bit better than the Galaxy that I had before. And oh, it was so awful
0: and you get a lot of background blurs from the water and the the fish shit that moves <laughs> anything that fucking moves
1: but um there i mean there's a reason why uh, like action photography is is such a a niche niche uh method of photography because you you kind of have to plan where your target's going to be before it's there I think that's fascinating, for one. Um, and two, that's way beyond my skill set. So yeah. halfway through when we stopped to get refreshments and I was looking at my. um, At your phone? Yeah, at my phone, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I got to change this because this is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> And then the rest of the images were just traditional shot photos or video. And I was like, that's, yeah, this is way better. Why was I trying to, uh, and it's a lot of, it's probably like, I didn't know how to use it. I think there's a time and place for HDR and and other things. Like, uh, if it's motion, that's coming directly at you. Like I took HDR photos of my daughter on a swing and they were fantastic (laughs) But when it's, like, uh, horizontal movement, it's not what you want it to be. At least in my experience, it wasn't.
0: Interesting. Yeah, so I'm, well then, so yeah, I'm starting to think it's less a glitch in the Matrix and more, maybe it was some form of HDR and it just, the image didn't get merged properly because especially if she had a uh, multi shot turned on then it would have taken multi shot multiple shots and each multiple exponential growth right yes i i don't i don't claim to know how this stuff works i just that sounds like a more likely cause now because it it's software related right it's not your standard lens and and film it's it's hardware and software.
1: Yes, yes, and they all take a, a they all take responsibility for the outcome of the image, right? So if you have one of them that has a glitch, that can explain for anomalies in a photograph that was taken digitally. I think that's why a lot of um people who do like investigative things or or crime scene photos, they use DLSR camera, or DSR?
0: DLSR. DSLR?
1: Yeah. They'll use those types, or they'll use more old-fashioned 35mm, because you, you can't fuck up what you take. You can only fuck it up when you expose the negative. Right. So it's a, it's a more truer art form, Photography's always been an art form in my opinion, but
0: I wanted um, to be a photographer once. I think it
1: would be something that would be very gratifying to do. But
0: fuck yeah. Travel I think I would wear
1: I would do um landscape photography. Oh, uh, that would be fun. Yeah. I I think that would be an amazing thing to do hike to remote areas and try to capture something, because I like the phrase that beauty is in the mind of the beholder.
0: You could be a location scout for uh, Hollywood, make bank. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, sadly, they make a ridiculous amount of money.
0: Well, I mean, they find places that look picture perfect. I mean, just think about the, the the location scouting that that. I wonder what how much money the guys Peter Jackson paid to to find the spots in New Zealand for for our, for all Lord of the Rings movies. Yes.
1: Oh man. Um, well, I'd like to go to there. I'd like to go to the
0: sets that are. It's an attraction now. I know. I know. I would love to go just to go to New Zealand because, like, man, that Hercules and Xena were both filmed there. Uh, Numerous films have have always filmed there when they need an exotic location. Uh,
1: I think it's cool that Hollywood does these extravagant outdoor set pieces. I think it's a shame that you can't preserve them in a better fashion because I think people who... Like, really enjoy the movie. Would love to see the inner workings. Like, I would love to see the facility that they filmed Titanic in.
0: I think that would be fan, fucking amazing. Set from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, that would be fucking amazing. From, just from the house in the backyard. I remember when I was a kid when we went to Disney World. Um, One of the playgrounds it made you feel like you were... <clears throat> You know, in the backyard, um, and you were one of the kids that were shrunk. It was it was fucking awesome.
1: There is a game that you would adore.
0: Um, but yeah, they, they build in order to save money. They build a lot of that stuff on backlots, and then they have to tear that down for other productions or on sound stages, and they try they have to reuse them. So yeah, and um, I know I usually know, only props are saved.
1: I know, like on the big productions, they'll do like lithograph photography. Of the sets. Um, but they a don't lot of do that stuff it becoming virtual now too. Yes. And but they don't do it consecutively enough for it to to have some kind of prosperity. I mean, like when you go to a Broadway show, um, they take lots of different photographs and interviews of the Broadway presentation, at least for the few like six to a dozen runs. Oh
0: yeah, um, no, they- cast photos are always a thing right right before your first production.
1: Mhm.
0: Um and then yeah, you you those sets are torn down afterwards because they're they're just they're just um Broadway flats. So they aren't they're they're just built for show and um <laughs> there there's no reason to preserve them, but there are some pretty awesome sets that I've built in my day that that I'm very proud of, uh, but we only have photos of. And I get to what you're saying. It would be neat if Hollywood could do that, too, because then you could preserve that and not just have, you know, what what makes the final cut in the movie.
1: Yes. Uh, back to the thing you said about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, yeah. There, there's a game on Steam called Grounded. It's an Xbox or it's a Microsoft Studios game. I think it's also on Xbox. But you would adore it because the premise of the game is that you are a kid who was miniaturized and you it's a crafting and survival and kind of thing. You you can befriend ants and they will work for you and fight for you and it's fucking amazing. You're in your own backyard. Um, it's, I was like, oh, this is my fucking childhood. <laughs>
0: that sounds pretty awesome.
1: It, it is very awesome and i own it and it's co-op oh nice <laughs> um so yeah plug
0: um um you ever noticed that uh the in honey i shrunk the kids the the neighbor he's in um an episode of star trek he's he's the tra or er, he's a traveler from the future and they find out that he just he's from the past but and just stole the technology and doesn't really know how to work it. Yeah. Um, and they did yeah. a similar episode in Voyager, which that kind of disappointed me that they recycled that plot. But that in, in, you, that, you same, have... in that same two-part series, Sarah Silverman was in was in void was on Voyager.
1: Don't get me started in Sarah Silverman. Ugh.
0: Uh, but uh, there, there's there's my Star Trek nerdgasm for the day.
1: Yeah, you've had three. Okay, time to tap out.
0: <laughs> okay, well, yeah, it is getting kind of late.
1: Yeah, I've had a really good time. Um, I really did enjoy the the conversation about o- automation. I'd like. I'm really interested in in hearing what our guest will bring to the conversation. Um. And like we we discussed a few times, you know, the, Ansible is definitely probably a popular one, but there are other ones out there. And I um, like just like with any other tool set, it pick a tool set that works for you.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Ansible just happened to work out for me.
1: Yeah, but and that, and I think that's good that especially in an open source community um, developed product it's good to have people who cheerlead for a product like that um that's how you make the product better As you get more people to ask questions about it and find shortcomings that meet that don't meet their needs and then the community goes yeah okay well maybe we should do something about that and you make that product better
0: um yeah so this was part one of a two-part series um, the week after next, because next week we're talking about cold fusion. Um, the week after next, we will be doing part two, uh, of automation. And with our guest, Scott Kennedy, uh, he will be here to talk about, uh, RPA, robotic process automation and, uh, drag and drop, uh, programming. Uh, cause a lot of that stuff is done through drag and drop programming
1: drag and drop programming is is a fun thing to do it it has its uses I think um, for sure um, I come from a school of thought where you I still have a pseudo template um, where you can create the different parts of uh, pseudo coding and um, since then, I have moved to using something like Lucid Charts to do that, but that's a simple form of drag and drop programming, basically.
0: That'd be badass. Um, I could just pseudo code everything and and then I just built the code out, but then I might as well just write the original
1: code. <laughs> well, I like you know, without going into a tangent, I, I think a future episode is talking about test driven and behavior driven coding because. The app. Um, I I want to get to a point where the way that I develop the solutions for my customers in the language that they have, I can write a test first and then go write the code from that test. But why can't I write the test and then the code gets written? Just uh, food for thought.
0: Yeah. Thank That's you for...
1: Neat. The conversation, Matthew. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Thank you for all of our listeners. Uh, We appreciate you, whether you are there or not. (laughs) (laughs) And um,
0: until next time. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Cheers.